Hello and welcome to the Tyree Waldron Motorsports Show Podcast. I am your host, Tyree Waldron, a.k.a. The Big Ticket, here to talk to you about all things motorsport related that occurred within the past week or the past race weekend. And I'm here to give you, you know, some updates on the motorsport world as well. Uh, this episode tends to run about 30 to 45 minutes and it is, sometimes it can run longer. Um, but this is a, this episode is going to be about the DTM, um, the way that their season finalized. It wasn't the best. It was actually pretty controversial, and I think that they're actually going to be implementing new regulations about the ending, and or about the DTM season. Also, going to be talking about uh, the Turkish GP. This episode is relatively late. I had these notes down for a while, just never got around to actually sitting down and recording the podcast episode. And as well as NASCAR, uh, we're talking about the Roval, and we are also talking about Talladega. Just a little bit about Talladega, and um, then of course we have our quick bites. We have you know a little bit of knowledge a little bit of gems a little bit of information here and there so if you enjoyed this podcast be sure to rate it five stars on whatever streaming services that you listen on and of course be sure to share it with your friends and family now another thing is if you enjoy or if you want to see the video version of this podcast be sure to head on down to the link in the description box of wherever you're listening to um and there will be a link to the video and to the podcast and to the channel um all within that one link so be sure to click that and check out the video version of this podcast and if you're watching on youtube be sure to hit that subscribe button and be sure to share with your peoples now moving on to the quick bites of information i want to i want to talk about it just a little bit just a little bit my racing gamers all y'all out there i know y'all sim races y'all f1 races you know the set of course so competitive zone competition peoples you know the i racing people Obviously, there are way better games to play on. But I'm actually want to dive into Gran Turismo 7 a little bit. It's coming out on March 4th, 2022, or at least that is the proposed date as of right now. Now, we know Gran Turismo has stepped away and has gone a little bit more arcadey than they have semi, sim racing like. So, obviously, that is not really uh, the first. The, the, the place that a lot of veteran sim racers want to go but for those you know just tuning in and those that just want to dive into it a little bit who may not have a full setup going or anything like that Gran Turismo Gran Turismo that series has been relatively good for people who are just coming into the you know uh the beginnings of sim although a set of Corsa and F1 are actually pretty good places to start as well especially if you're on console um Gran Turismo is where I started and personally I think that it was a pretty good place to start um you know, Gran Turismo has had a pretty rich history when it comes to racing and stuff like that. And I'm glad to see that they're still here. I'm glad to see that they're still pushing forward. Graphically, it looks beautiful. I do recommend going out, watching these videos, and uh, actually seeing uh, what's happening um, graphically with these games and, and actually diving into it. Um, another game that I want to talk about is Forza Horizon 7. Now, this is pure arcade fun. Uh, if you want to step away from... You know, sim racing, serious racing, and, and having to really sweat it out and, and, and race for countless laps. I'd recommend going Forza Horizon 7. Don't get me wrong, it's only available on Xbox and I believe PC. But still, all in all, if you have that, it's a fun game. It's a fun game to play. And I know that because I have played just about every single Forza ever made. Um, of course, Forza has gone from <laughs> their racing, uh, they're like kind of sim like racing to more so the open world you know off-road uh street racing type stuff they have gone into that and hey all more power to them 
but it is a fun game to play and I'm sure I mean there are so many different uh, gameplay videos out now and there are so many different things out now about them about the game about Forza Horizon 7 that I do recommend that you check into most definitely um, but we continue to move on uh, Forza Horizon 7 is actually to be released November 5th 2021 and GT7 is March 4th 2022 so hope the best for those games um and i really do hope that gt7 will be a promising experience for all the people who don't really play racing games but want to that's kind of what i used it for anyway that's what i used it for and i ended up really enjoying it and that pushed me more and more and more and more and more into racing games altogether i mean forza was the beginning but gt was the one that really was the one that really i don't know got me into it all all the way you know that really got me into looking into sim stuff and and all that kind of stuff that's what gt7 has done for not gt7 but that's what the grand turismo series has done for me personally we keep going <laughs> another quick by jimmy johnson and roman Grosjean. they have done their indy 500 uh rookie testing now technically speaking they haven't necessarily gotten the stamp of completion yet because they're testing session was uh cut short by some weather and um i know that as far as indycar is concerned as far as the execs are concerned they've pretty much passed uh <laughs> the testing and all that kind of stuff but of course they do have to do a few more laps um in order to get that full stamp but they will be able to do that at the open testing which occurs I'm not sure when, but that will be their next opportunity for them to get those last bit of laps that they need to get in order to get the full stamp of approval to compete in the Indy 500. Now, Jimmy Johnson, he still believes he has a lot of work to do. Um, he still believes, of course, he has a lot to uh, narrow down on because uh, when it goes from NASCAR to IndyCar, it is a big change. And, um, you know, instead of going around those corners at 180 five to 190 miles an hour you're doing it at 215 220 miles an hour so it, it, it is a step up that he has to adjust to after racing in the nascar cup series for so much for so many years you know you do get comfortable with what with the settings of that and you do you know um everything is kind of programmed <laughs> to race like that but he is gonna get the whatever adjustments he need to make uh, he needs to make and um and hopefully be able to compete in the Indy 500 this season, next season, sorry. Um, all in all, impressive work by those two guys getting together, making sure that they got their rookie testing done, making sure that they got all that, uh, all that, I don't know, I, what's what's the word, jittery, jitteriness out the way, anxiety out the way, I feel like that would be, yeah, that would be a better word. Uh, getting that anxiety out the way, it's good to see that they're just looking forward to it, looking forward to the Indy 500, looking forward to the open testing, looking forward to the next season. Roman Grosjean has signed with Andretti Motorsport, a big name, a big name to sign into, um, but obviously it's Roman, so I feel like, or Romain, however you say his name, I say Roman. Um, so I feel like he's actually going to probably uh, be very effective. I believe his teammate is Helio Castro de Venice, right? I'm almost certain it's Helio. If it's not Helio, then it's somebody. <laughs> ah, I don't remember who his teammate is. But he has signed with Andretti Motorsport, and I do want to see him succeed very much so in the next season. He will actually be fighting for the title. This season was just a was just a 
preparation was just uh, understanding what's happening. He didn't do too many of the ovals, but this season, next season, that I believe, well, yeah, 2022 season, he is going to go for it. He's going to go full force, and he is going to fight for that title. I hope to see him um, succeed, honestly. And uh, Jimmy Johnson, of course, is in the same boat. He wants to just get the oval testing and all that kind of preparations out the way, so he can, can all so he can also compete fully for the actual title. Um, if I'm being honest with you, Jimmy Johnson, I don't think has that edge to get to get the IndyCar title. But hey, he is no stranger to winning. He is no stranger to racing. He's no stranger to competition. So more power to him. He's able to tackle whatever he needs to tackle and adjust wherever he needs to adjust. So good luck, Jimmy. And good luck, Rajon. Um, now, I am an old school kind of guy. I do take notes, so you might hear some some, some paper flipping. <laughs> All right. As we dive into, I mean, we still, this is DTM mainly. DTM now, okay? DTM has a new official partner, uh, or DTM Electric has a new official partner. Um, Male, or Mile Thermal Management, um, they have partnered with DTM Electric. And Mile, it, it or M A H L E <laughs> is how it's spelled. I don't know how to actually pronounce it. Um, but their specialty is developing thermal uh, thermal management components, and they're actually going to be doing that for the DCM Electric series. That's you know um, formulating as we speak, developing as we speak. Um, their jobs basically is to develop you know. Um, traction engines transmission and power electronics stuff that can be regulated well they're also looking into engine cooling components and keeping the uh keeping the i guess batteries <laughs> keeping the batteries from overheating and all that good stuff they are in the thermal management business now this partnership allows further advancement in DTM and motorsport and in the making of DTM Electric, a reality, a, a actually rea a actual reality. Sorry, I got a little tongue tied there. <laughs> it's good to see that DTM are making their bounce back. It's good to see that they are, you know, uh, focusing on the future. Um, now, I know sometimes that they've kind of slipped away from it and they've kind of fallen back. They've taken a, a few steps back, but I'm glad that they're coming forward. I'm glad that they're pushing and I'm glad that they got a resurgence of not only fans, but resurgence of, of different racers and I'm glad that they're coming back coming back stronger than ever and of course looking to the future with DTM Electric um, now this benefits Mal with or Male however you say the name this benefits them because it, this does fit into their strategy of creating um, sus whoa, of creating sustainable technologies that they can utilize in the future for electric vehicles that they could um create and implement within not only electric vehicles but also other components and uh things like that like electrical components in a computer or something you know in, in that in that frame you know maybe some high-end stuff some really high-tech stuff so i'm glad that they all understand where they're coming from i'm glad that they understand that we're here because this in this comes in line with our strategy this comes in line with what we see with the vision that we see for the future and dtm electric is in the same boat this correlates with what we are trying to do at this point in time and what we are looking forward to doing in the future. So I'm glad that this brings uh, DTM Electric, um, whether it be a little bit or a big bit, uh, closer to being an actual reality. Um, that is something that I would like to see, something I'm, I'm pretty sure is going to be very competitive too. So something that I definitely would like to tune into. <laughs> 
Let me know in the comments what you feel about DCM Electric. I know that sometimes electric racing is not where a lot of people want to go. <laughs> I know a lot of people, you know, still like the, the petrol and all that good stuff. But DCM Electric is... is it's going to be a reality. Electric racing is going to be a reality. I mean, it already is with Formula E. You know, the uh, the Extreme E series, it is already a full-on reality. And, of course, as we push and push for more sustainability and more uh, developments in technology, electric racing is going to take over by swarm. It's going it's it's, it's to take over everything. Um, but as you continue with DTM, round eight, the final uh, round of DTM at, what is it, the Norris Ring. Um, Maximilian Guts or Goats Guts. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's Guts. He pulls away with uh, the title, and Liam Lawson, unfortunately, uh, he lucks out. But I said that this was controversial. I said it was controversial for a reason. The way that it was is that Maximilian Guts was a few points behind Liam Lawson, and if the race were to continue the way that it was actually uh, going, Liam Lawson would be our new DTM. Our 2021 DTM champion. Unfortunately, Mercedes decided that they were going to steal this win and uh, force their two lead drivers to slow down in order for their third place driver, Maximilian Guts, in order for him to get past them and steal the win away from Lawson. Now, they did win the constructors outright. I do admit that. They've been doing well so far. Good job with them and uh, getting the getting the constructors title outright that was that was that was earned for real but the driver's title not so much um they decided to play the game of team orders and of course they uh they made their drivers slow down in order to allow maximilian Gus to get in front which i mean technically it's still acceptable i can't lie it is still technically acceptable however it's not how you want to see a race win gotten. You understand what I'm saying? It's not necessarily the way that you want to see things unfold. Liam Lawson, he outright earned with his race wins, you know, positions, all that kind of stuff. He outright earned his top DTM spot. Maximilian Gotts, on the other hand, didn't necessarily earn that last rate, that, that round eight win, unfortunately. Um, I mean, if the race continued and... I mean, no, the race couldn't even continue. It was only a few laps left at that point in time. I don't even think he would have caught up to the other two uh, Mercedes drivers. So therefore, I don't. He would. He wouldn't have won altogether. He wouldn't have won. But Mercedes, following, making up their tactics and doing what they needed to do to get that driver's title as well as that constructors' title, they did what they needed. Now. Yeah, like I said, with three laps left, they asked their two top running Mercedes and one of them who was leading the race for quite some time for literally the for literally literally the majority of that race. I believe he was leading for uh 50 out of the 67 laps or something like that or 64 out of the 50 out of the 67 laps. Pretty it, it, I, I feel like it's 60 in the 60 region out of the 67 laps of that nor of that round 8 asked him to slow down and took the victory away from him and gave it to Maximilian Goss so they could get the driver's title. Don't get me wrong. Hey, the more power to you because that you do, you do get the championship. You do get the W. You do get the win. However, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Smart for them to realize that they all that's, that, that's all they had to do in order to get the victory. So more power to him. More power to him. Um, 
Maximilian Gotts, he barely got the win, though. Um, but he got about three points, so three points is still a gigantic difference in racing. Um, so by all means, well, not a gigantic difference. It's, it's, it's not that big. But congratulations to him. Congratulations to the uh, Mercedes team. And congratulations to, you know, everyone that played their part in getting that W and getting those titles. Uh, but... We all know Liam Lawson should have been the should have been the 2021 DTM champion. Should have been. He should have been. Now we can go into NASCAR. The Xfinity series. Um, the Charlotte Roval. I know technically speaking, Talladega happened before that, but <laughs> AJ Allmendinger, he wins his third straight Roval. Um and about yeah yeah he won by a pretty decent amount as well he won by about three seconds um originally he did have a nine second lead but then there was a caution i'm ah jesus i'm drawing a i'm drawing a blank here but i know that aj allmendinger he did come away with the victory okay there was something just before the ending of this race just before it went into an overtime of i believe two laps there was something that made these guys come in and everyone put on relative, basically fresh tires. Um, some obviously stayed out, some, but most most of the drivers who were in that top spot, they came into the pits, got fresh tires, but they were threading the needle when it came to fuel. And the reason I say that is because AJ Allmendinger coming into the, the, the checkered flag three point something seconds ahead sputtered just before... <laughs> Just before crossing that checkered flag, uh, crossing that checkered, yeah, crossing checkered flag, he sputtered just before that. So I know that gas was definitely running low uh, for everyone else as well. But it's good to see, and and I think he he even quoted it saying, "Wow, are you kidding me?" Realizing that he just barely made it <laughs> to the end of this race. So obviously, it was definitely. Um, something to see now daniel hemrick he deserves some praise uh for this race he went from p13 and finished podium spot p3 um i know that technically in nascar that podiums don't really matter it's about who comes in first that gets the praise but i just had to highlight that he did some impressive work coming going from p13 to p3 and um finishing within the top three that is always an impressive feat and you know you deserve some praise and you deserve some recognition so um daniel hemrick good work <laughs> good work to you good work on that um oh there was a wreck jesus how did i not notice yeah there was a wreck with tommy martins he wrecked out with four laps to go or something like that <laughs> um so hey i lost my train of thought whatever but the top five were AJ uh, Allmendinger, Austin Sindrick, Daniel Hemrick, Justin Haley, and Brandon Jones. Like I said, fantastic work by AJ with his fifth win of the season and his third straight Charlotte Roval win. Um, and, of course, big praise to Daniel Hemrick for him coming in from that P13 and uh, diving in for that, P for that P3. It, it, impressive work altogether. Ten positions gained. Um I hope he got the recognition and I hope he got the praise that he, that, that he deserved uh, for that racing and for that skill. Um, now we go to the NASCAR Cup Series. Talladega. I know we're still on Roval, but technically Talladega happened before the NASCAR Cup Series Roval. So, 
Bubba Wallace, he got his sweet, very sweet first victory um, for the Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin co-owned Team 2311 Racing. Um, they... It, it was a relatively controversial win uh, with that as well. You know, I mean, in DTM, it wasn't necessarily how DTM was. was. It was more so just rain, just a early a early finish. Um, a lot of people believe that he didn't necessarily deserve that win or that it was, oh, he didn't actually win the race because, you know, yada, yada, because it was, it was a shortened rain, uh, shortened race by the officials. But... Those still count. Last time I checked, there are several legends—not legends, but there are several people who have gotten wins through that. There are seven, several people who have fought through that and and who have gotten wins because of shortened races. So I don't want to hear that this is not a uh, 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 an actual race win. This is something that was deserved. He was in first at the time, and that it was done. And this is that's just how it goes in NASCAR. That's how it goes. But, of course, there are fans out there who don't understand um, that a win is a win, whether it's by inch or a mile. A win is a win. And, hey, he won through a red flag race. So, um, by all means, still a W, uh, in my opinion. Still a W in NASCAR opinion <laughs> altogether. In the official books, it's still a W. So, I am proud of you, Bubba. You are definitely going to be a role model for the next generation uh, coming up, um, especially people of race coming up who want to participate somehow in NASCAR. Um, and, of course, Brianna Daniels, uh, she is, you know, the first African-American on a pit crew, and she is a female. So, uh, I guess the first African-American female, but no, just African-American African -American, uh, on a pit crew. So, um I'm not sure why she didn't receive an, an award. I know she's not a racer or a driver, but I'm not sure why she didn't receive an award for the diversity and inclusion. Um, but I guess, yeah, you have to be a racer. So my bad. But uh, that's another thing I, I do want to highlight. Tony Brininger, Bridinger, uh, Bubba Wallace, and I forget the last lady's name. I believe it might, it might be Stephanie something. Uh, I forgot what her name is, but uh, those three ended up receiving awards for their diversity and inclusion and um you know that's about it <laughs> but like i said bubba wallace he definitely deserved that win i'm glad that nascar their social media was you know making sure that everyone got their eyes on bubba making sure everyone got their eyes on this race win a lot of the fans were complaining about it like oh why well, we got to see him all the time and why we got to see him and, and and okay nascar chill out i hope you support other racers like this and this that and the fourth and then there's a ton of people who's like why does his race matter when he gets the victory this that and the fourth it's because has been a person of color to get a W in the NASCAR Cup Series since 1963. That's why. It's imperative that we get some role models out there. It's imperative that we get some people in first. It's imperative that we get some winners. It's imperative that we get more diversity in NASCAR as, as a whole. And I mean, don't get me wrong. NASCAR has actually fallen off a little bit when it comes to viewership. It has because y'all don't get... You get the... Y'all don't get the, 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 the entirety of fans that you could... If you were just a little bit more inclusive, I know NASCAR has this long line of history of how it is and, you know, the racial tension and this, that and the fourth. But if you guys were inclusive as of today, your viewership would skyrocket. Your viewership would skyrocket. You want to know something? A little tidbit. I went to a Detroit Red, uh, the, the opening Detroit Red Wings game. 
anyone to know what actually got me interested in this game was the fact that I saw, I believe his, I don't know his first name, but his last name is Smith, and I think his number was 41 or something like that. He was African-American out there playing hockey, doing his thing, and I was like, I got to tune into hockey a little bit more. I got to see what hockey is about. Have I done it yet? No, 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 I haven't. I haven't. But I will. But I will. Um, either way, I, I don't know why I had to say that, but it's just he he can be a role model to someone who's who's looking up to him. Someone of color, someone of race who is looking well, I guess everyone is of race, but someone of color, someone of any of of, of various backgrounds, someone who can who who, who who can look up to him. Bubba is that. Tony Bridinger is that. That's a female, by the way. Tony Bridinger is that. I forgot the next lady's name, but I believe it's Stephanie. I'm gonna just call her Stephanie for right now. Stephanie is that. She's Hispanic, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's uh, Hispanic. Bubba, African American. Tony Brandinger. I believe it's like Egyptian type, Arabian type. I'm not 100 sure what their full backgrounds are. I do have to do more research on that. But they are not just Caucasian. <laughs> Um, but either way, they are the new role models. They are the new people who are, you know, the faces of representation within the NASCAR uh, series and within NASCAR racing as a whole. So definitely um, something that I don't want to sh- something that I don't want to see uh, shunted to the side, something that should be put forth as as it did with Bubba getting this W, something that should be put forth as it did with when they with with when NASCAR was showing um, these three and, and their awards with, you know, it's. It's bringing more eyes onto NASCAR for one, and it's bringing more companies that, may, well, I mean, it's NASCAR, so a lot of companies want to work with them. But it's bringing maybe, you know, different levels of competition, different drives now, different inspirations, and people who may, you know, 10, 15 years later say that this was the moment, this was the pivotal moment that shifted their eyes to NASCAR. You know what I'm saying? It's this types of moments and it's this type of push that NASCAR needs to do every time that, I mean, it it probably won't happen often, but this is the type of push that I love to see when it comes to social media and especially about um, his win, especially about Bubba Wallace's win. That's the type of push that I, I, I enjoyed seeing. I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you did too all the fans out there i hope you also enjoyed it if you don't know what i'm talking about head on over to my twitter at the big ticket 07 there you will find you know all <laughs> the tweets and all that kind of stuff um reposted retweeted whatever uh in my thing or you can just look it up on your own you can look it up and uh get it there on my twitter feed now let's go to the roval um Kyle Larson, he pulls away with win number seven. This man, Kyle Larson, is unstoppable. And I, unless he messes up greatly in the next race at the Texas Motor Speedway, I don't think he is, I, I, I think he's going to get the victory. Um, I think he's going to get the title uh, for this year. Um, not the regular season title. I'm talking about the actual driver's title. Um, and I think he's going to pull away with the victory. Now, he did have some battery trouble earlier on in that race. Um, they... I think they pulled him in, changed out the battery or something like that, and and uh, did they? I'm not sure. Either way, but he did have some battery trouble um, and charging issues at the uh, earlier on in the race, and 
you know, his team, his pit crew, they did whatever they had to do to make sure that he stayed within the race. And, you know, for a second, it looked like he was going to be out of this playoff, out of this playoff race very early on. But I'm glad that his team was able to figure out what was wrong, was able to fix the issue and was able to um, get him back out there. And of course, now he has a victory. He has another one, his seventh win of the season. This is more than he's had his entire career before 2021. So it's... <laughs> It's been a great season, a well-connected season, and I see him winning this championship. He has more race wins than any other driver this season. I see him winning this championship. He is not going to dial back unless there is some technical issue, mechanical issue. He is not going to dial back. He's going to just keep pushing forward and keep striving and get that W. I mean, it's 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 only fair. It's only right. Um, and another thing, he has a huge points lead leading into the semifinals at Texas Motor Speedway. He has a, a gigantic points lead over the rest of the competition. So it's not things got to go really bad for him, for Kyle Larson, and things got to go really good for whoever is his competition. I believe it's Denny Hamlin um, in order for him to lose out on this championship. So just start, just start now. Will Kyle Larson be the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion? No idea. I feel like he is. Um, let me know what you think down in the conversation. Do you think he has what it takes to become the DNCS uh, for this for 2021? Um, and all that kind of good stuff, you know, all that kind of good stuff. But Harvick and Elliott are still going at it race after race after race after race. Um, Harvick has been actually got knocked out of this race after doing so much damage to the back of Chase Elliott's car. He got knocked out of this race. Karma is wonderful. Karma is beautiful. Karma is sweet. Kevin Harvick was getting on my nerves with his just, just, just sometimes rel relatively immaturity. Sometimes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Elliott, Chase Elliott, <laughs> they butt heads all the time. And there's a reason for that. They're both imbeciles sometimes. But. I am glad that Harvick is out of this. It's out of the next, you know, is it's knocked out of uh basically title contention uh title contention. And I'm glad that Chase Elliott is still within it. And of course Chase Elliott, he still drove around with that rear end damage until he was actually able to get it fixed. And even then it wasn't even fixed that that well. <laughs> like it wasn't no permanent solution to the problem. But definitely in a a Definitely an action-packed race for sure, and I do like the fight that did happen between Elliott Harvick. I do like, you know, those guys pushing and really racing and going hard and, and, and making sure that they stayed within the race, making sure that they did whatever they had to do to stay within the uh, semifinals and uh, all that kind of stuff. Now, locked in for the semifinal round is Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski and Martin Trout Jr. They are going to be at the Texas. Well, everyone's going to be there, but they are going to be competing at the Texas Motor Speedway. Um, Sunday, October 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So I'm definitely going to tune in. I, I want I want to see this action. I want to see this racing. And uh, yeah, I want to see the vibes. <laughs> Now, stepping away from NASCAR, I did say I was going to talk about the Turkish GP. Unfortunately, I am a week late. The date on which I'm recording this episode is 10-16-21. So, I'm definitely late on that. But, first things first, I do want to talk about the rules and regulations of Formula 1. Lewis Hamilton only changed one, only changed basically half of his engine. One component of his engine. Um... 
if you only change the ICE. And got a 10 place grid penalty. Now, I don't know why there were so many fans. And, and the thing is, and the thing is, it was a tweet put out by, I'm pretty sure, F1. And if not F1, then it was motorsport.com. One of those, one of those places. Reputable. They clearly put that Hamilton received the 10 plays grid penalty due to the fact that he changed out only the ICE within his engine. It clearly stated it. And then, not only that, there was a link to an article that even, that dived into it even more. That clearly stated what the regulations are. That clearly stated why he got the penalty. But here we still have these imbecile fans. Whether they're just, whether they just don't understand the regulations or whether they're just brand new fans who don't understand, um, you know, all the rules of, of, of the sport, of all the rules of the motorsport, they don't seem to get it. He didn't change an entire engine, therefore, like Max did previously. There were so many people were complaining about the fact that he only received a 10 place grid penalty. It was like, oh my goodness, Formula One be making up its own rules for British drivers and for Lewis Hamilton. This is the, this is the, you know, the, the commission of Hamilton and this, that, and the fourth, and and oh, they're so Hamilton by it. And it, when they didn't even read what was said <laughs> at the at the top of the article at the at for the actual tweet and it didn't even read the actual article because if you did within i'd say the first seven lines it is defined right there it tells you right there why things are the way they are why he only received a 10 place grip penalty but people just didn't seem to understand so i feel like people need to maybe Maybe we need a posting from F1 of just just all the regulations. Just just be like just something, just a PSA, something. I don't, I don't know. Uh, just to get these fans to understand why certain things are the way they are. Anybody playing favorites? This is just how. This is these are the regulations. These are the rules. All you gotta do is read into them just a little bit, and you'll understand why certain decisions are the way they are. Don't get me wrong. Some things have been controversial. And some things have been really close and they've just been, you know, about the slightest bit of evidence over the slightest bit of fighting. Like, like some things have been controversial. I'll take, I'll admit that. But this was clear cut as to why it was the way it was. I don't understand why these fans were coming in and, and having this whole debacle and all that kind of stuff, not understanding what's really happening. So for the fans that don't know anything or for newer fans, please, before you open your mouth, dive into the regulations and figure out why things are the way they are. Because they're that way for a reason. They're that way for a reason. Now, the F1 Turkish GP at Istanbul Park. Bad luck for Alonzo and Gasly, I have to say. My man, Alonzo got spun out by Gasly because, I mean, Gasly wasn't being sandwiched, but I'm going to use that terminology. He was being sandwiched between Perez and Alonzo. Alonzo was on the outside. Perez was on the inside. I don't know. I don't know why neither one of them backed out. I guess maybe Pierre should have backed out, but no. But no. He had that inside, technically. Perez obviously had the inside line fully, but not Pierre. Perez, yeah, I think I said it right. Anyway, Perez had the inside line fully, but Gasly did receive a five single penalty, which he did serve within the race for spinning out Alonzo. Um, and I'm pretty sure he got two points on his license too, which sucks because 
that's that that was a little harsh that was a little harsh because i don't i don't think he deserved to get points on his license if i'm if i'm if i'm certain about this please let me know in the comments if i'm incorrect because i really do believe that he did receive two points on his license um at least i've seen it pop up somewhere quickly somewhere it popped up but i know he received a five second penalty which he did serve within the race so there's that um but at the start of the race that that is what occurred uh, lewis hamilton he stayed clean through all the commotion and uh from there he just went on his charge and um charged through the field i also want to talk about carlos Sainz now carlos Sainz obviously he is going to overtake a ton of people and get back into the points for the most part his car is faster than all the other cars that he passed relatively relatively don't get me wrong the other guys they have skill they got the they got the talent but carlos Sainz has been fairly remarkable this season him and charles leclerc have actually been pretty neck and neck this season as well um i believe carlos Sainz is a half a point above uh leclerc so more power <laughs> to Sainz, but i do know that they are they're they're neck and neck so as of right now this season the ferrari drivers are battling each other but big props to Sainz for overtaking so many people and uh getting back into the points going from last place to p8 um so good work by him and uh definitely glad that he's succeeding uh with ferrari this season um now i do want to talk about that little battle between perez and lewis hamilton you know when they were going wheel to wheel for a couple of turns um that was definitely some remarkable action sad that uh la didn't get that position back but i'm glad that they stayed clean i'm glad that they fought now there was that little uh <laughs> that little hiccup when hamilton basically almost pushed perez into the pit lane i mean not almost he did kind of put him into the entrance of the pit lane um and uh he did try he did end up correcting himself uh hamilton did correct himself it wasn't something that he was trying to do um you know uh, forcibly he did correct himself to allow perez to get back on and in the race and in the fight once again so i don't want to hear nothing about that <laughs> i don't want to hear no commotion about that um but where was i going I don't know where I was going. Either way, but it, 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 it was a it was a nice little fight, a nice little back and forth going on between them, and uh, Hamilton got the position by about a half a car, uh, a little bit, and uh, Perez just overtook it right back after that. Um, now, there this 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 race was like a, I believe they had a new tire compound called, well, they're like, I don't know, they're intermediates basically um but they operate kind of like slicks in it but they operate at, at a at a much cooler temperature um and they were pretty good for this race definitely good for this race not a lot of traction issues but sebastian vettel he, well sebastian vettel this is what i call him he definitely uh he tried a little bit to see if he could get the mediums to work which he was not able to do because he was sliding all over the place and you could tell the significant loss of speed immediately because he couldn't handle the car he couldn't handle with literally zero traction whatsoever so um it is it it, it is it, it was a questionable decision but we know that you know seb had uh something to do with it and then they had to work together on the team side to see if it would be beneficial because they thought that the track was kind of drying up 
uh, for the most part. And he thought that maybe I could make it work, you know, get temperature into him and then really have that good grip. But unfortunately, that was not the way to go. And Seb went from having a pretty, well, basically went from having what could what could have been a points finish to finishing damn near last. <laughs> um... Now, I also want to talk about Hamilton and, the, and, and Mercedes' strategy. I'm pitting on lap 51 of 58. I don't know why they didn't just let Hamilton continue. And maybe he would have caught uh, maybe he would have caught Perez and finished at least on a podium or something like that. Um, not sure why they not sure why they pitted him with the race almost over. Uh, they were supposed to pit earlier. I do know that, but Hamilton literally was like, "Why? I'm not doing that. That, that. that doesn't sound right." But then proceeded to pit on lap 51 of 58. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm really not sure what the decision making was at that point in time. I really do hope that next race they understand to get their strategies right and get it down pat. Um, it did suck that Hamilton was not, you know, given that uh, given that pole position. Um, and I think they're, I think FIA is going to take a look at their regulations again because a lot of drivers um, are kind of not a lot of drivers, but fans and some drivers are, are a little upset about it or they're they're a little confused about how someone can do so well and all that kind of stuff and qualifying and actually earn uh, the pole position. But because of uh, penalties and stuff like that, they lose out on that pole position because technically they do not line up first on the starting grid of the feature race. But they did have the fastest time at the end of qualifying so therefore that 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 is the definition of what the pole position is not how the lining up on the sprint race is but FIA has their own rules for it so no pole position for Hamilton it goes to Valtteri um although I think Hamilton already signed <laughs> signed the uh signed the tire for him I mean he has so many already he ain't got nowhere to put them <laughs> um but that's that's all I had to say. Now I do want to talk about Leclerc. He did honestly have a pretty good race, um, finishing fourth, uh, twelve points uh, on the finish, which is really good, really really good. Um, he wasn't he wasn't first for a little while. I'm pretty sure, but um, he 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 got past like he was standing still. If I'm being honest with you, I'm not, I'm pretty sure he just let them by because he just couldn't defend the way he wanted to. Um, but he did finish fourth, so I'm glad that he did finish off in the top five. Glad that he did finish off with some decent points to finish off, uh, to finish the race with. Um, then we have Valtteri. Of course, he gets first. Max Verstappen, he gets second. Um, Sergio Perez is third. Charles Leclerc, fourth. Lewis Hamilton is fifth. He did receive uh, 10 points. And then Pierre Gasly is six with eight points. Now we can go to the drivers' championship. Let's talk about their the point standings. We got Max Verstappen at 262.5, and we have Lewis Hamilton at 256.5. So they have a tough fight ahead. Um, six rounds to go, and a six-point difference between the two. Um, you know, uh, between the two championship rivals. So this is definitely something that I would like to see unfold. I know that these guys are going to go at it. I know that they're going to probably clash again. Um, so I do. <laughs> I, I I can't wait for these next few rounds to start up. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Um, now as we go into the constructors' title, uh, the constructors' championship points, um, Mercedes has four thirty three point five, where Red Bull has three ninety seven point five. Um, Perez has to be Perez has to finish um, a little bit more consistently within the points within the top. 
Valtteri of the points um, in order for Red Bull to kind of come back and be effective because Valtteri and Lewis Hamilton usually relatively always finish within the points. Um, so it's 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 gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty good fight between those two constructors, and uh, I also want to see um, this come down to a nail by the finish as well for the constructors' title. Uh, and another thing, McLaren and Ferrari. McLaren has 240, and Ferrari has 232.5. This battle for this this battle for third is going to be better than the battle for first in in, in the uh, Mercedes and uh, Red Bull fight, constructors fight. I want to see Ferrari and McLaren go at it because they've been just trading places on the board, trading. And uh, I'm 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 glad. I'm glad that 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 these two are, are pretty much having a nice little race going on right now, having a nice little fight. And uh, I don't think a lot of people may may have been paying attention to it, but you know, it, it is they're they're the rivals for this season. Um, and uh, I want I want to see this come down to a nail biter as well. That's all I really got to say to that. All in all, though, it was a great race. It had good action and, I mean, some decent battles, too. Uh, it sucks that my man Pierre ended up getting that five-second penalty um, and those two points on his license. If he did actually get that, they might not have done that, but I believe that that was a determination that was coming up. Um, but all in all, still a great race. Still wonderful, wonderful action. I love to see it. Um, next up is... Circuit of the Americas, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think next up is Coda. So, woo -hoo -hoo! I can't wait to see that. I, 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 I love Coda. Um, but uh, all in all, oh, the W Series is also going to be starting up in Coda too. This is their last two rounds. Um, so I'm definitely going to be tuning into that as well. So next podcast episode, I will be talking about all that good stuff. But that is it for me that is it for the show i want to thank you for tuning in thank you for listening if you enjoyed be sure to rate this episode uh, be sure to rate this podcast five stars and share with your people share with your friends share with your family and uh all in all always remember to live your life enjoy your day and have a wonderful time peace